All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, the right-hand man, Lou. Lou, back at it. Next up on the free agency tour is going to be the AFC East teams. Quick reminder of the format. Uh, each one of us owns two teams in the divisions. We got set to a five-minute timer with a super ob- ob- obnoxious – I don't know why I couldn't get that word out – obnoxious alert – should time expire so here we go let's dive into it again quick iteration around what we would be prioritizing if we were the general managers of these teams what moves what positions players we might be targeting players we might be cutting how we're structuring the cap um and and away we fly sir hold on hold on hold on here hold on Let's let's you know let's remind the listeners what they need to do for us. We're providing this fantastic content. Okay. We gotta provide the listeners. We 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 need your help. You gotta do something for us. So you gotta make sure you uh, go to Twitter, you go to Instagram, and you follow us at WTF Pod NFL. And then Weston, most of, this is the most important listeners. This is what you guys gotta do. Weston, tell them what they gotta do. They gotta follow us on YouTube. Yeah. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Get the alerts. We're talking football podcast. I mentioned this when we were covering the NFC East. If there's something you want to hear more about or want to know our thought process on why we would prioritize that player, why we're kicking that player to the curb, whatever it might be, leave it in the comments across any of the social media outlets. We'll do a show on it. Happy to do it. But again, it's We're Talking Football Podcast on YouTube. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Now that all the formalities are out of the way, Lou, probably about that time we dive into the the AFC East. I enjoy giving you the honors and letting us and kick us off. So what team might you begin with? I'm going to, it's a little chilly out here in New Jersey, so I need to warm up. So I'm heading all the way down to South Beach. Uh-huh. I'm going to be starting with the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Don't the get out. Big, ahead of the, I know don't the, get out ahead of the clock. The big tunas, the big tunas. You ready? Yes. Lou, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock. Okay, so the Miami Dolphins are currently $17 million over the salary cap. So the first thing in Miami, uh, it's what we have to do is adhere to the Miami diet. We have to trim some fat. We have to look good in the sun. I'm talking about cocaine and cigarettes, uh, and that's it. No carbs, no gluten, uh, maybe sprinkle in some lettuce or whatever, but we got to trim this fat on this team. And I already started to do so. Uh, I cut Byron Jones. I designated it as a post-June 1st uh, cut. Uh, that's going to save us $13.6 million in the cap space with a $4.75 million cap number. I'll probably have to end up restructuring some other deals like Tyreek Hill's deal to give me some extra breathing room, right? But um, we have a lot of young players I'm excited to have so and not too many holes. And I think just a couple of restructures here or there is going to be able to put us over the salary cap. And thank God we don't have to worry about a first round pick to pay because, you know, we have we forfeited in this two years draft. So uh, you can say that was strategic. Uh, secondly, we have to find a real running back and a running back that can add a new dimension to this offense. Listen, it's the old adage, play def- defense and running in the running game travels well. Uh, on the road, it's imperative to have a good defense. It's imperative to have a decent running attack when you're playing in, you know, your Decembers and Januaries. That's what's going to help you keep you in close games. So 
only place to ever find a running back it's in the NFL draft. There's two guys that, that caught my eye. It's because they're they're um, they have good vision. One's Tajay uh, Spears out of Tulane. He's a good north and south runner. Or we're talking about Zach Charbonnet. He's more of a big, more physical back. And like I said, I just like their vision for them to just one cut and get upfield. So I need to bring in a running back to help protect my quarterback, who I don't know if it's a franchise quarterback yet. I loved what I saw with him when he was on the field last year, but that's the huge caveat when he was on the field. I got to figure out if I'm just dating Tua or if I'm going to marry him. I'd be lying to you if I'm concerned about his injury history. You know, he's had, he missed five games last year because of injuries from two concussions, and we were one in four in games he didn't start. That's a problem, right? It's a corny saying, but it's a saying none the least that holds true. The best ability is availability. So I need I, – I believe in Tua. I believe in his ability to play this game of football. I'm just concerned his ability to play – the game of football, me actually physically be on the field for football. So I, the, this is, it's imperative for me to actually find a backup quarterback that does have some talent. I don't need a clipboard Jesus out there. I need someone that's actually, when we call his name, he's going to have to, you know, strap on you know, that, that helmet and actually show me something. Well, I'm looking to more of like the, you know, some of the veteran uh, <clears throat> quarterbacks that are going to be in the open market. But kind of saw what the Eagles did the last couple of years, right? I might steal a page out of their playbook and maybe draft another quarterback earlier in the draft, maybe like a Hendon, Hook, uh, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, right? We won't have to use him. Hopefully we won't have to use him. It gives us some time to pretty much, you know, uh, learn a little better, recover better from the injury. But I think that could be a sneaky play for us to have a, a contingency plan the quarterback position. Last but not least, I'm bringing in Jordan Poyer to team up with Javon Holland. I love stealing from my rivals. Poyer has publicly stated that he wants to play in a state where there's no income tax. He doesn't want to give half his money to the way to taxes. And, man, the chef's kiss. Wouldn't he be great in our new defensive coordinator's Vic Fangio, too high safety look, teaming him up with Javon Holland? That would be fantastic to help slow down some of these, you know, explosive passing attacks in the AFC. So those are the moves uh, as a Miami Dolphins GM I'm currently doing this offseason. I, I love that final point about the prioritizing the safety, especially with Vic Fangio, as, as long back as I can remember. Yeah, he's always been – most people think Vic Fangio think 3-4, right? But in a lot of his stops along the way, he had the talent that suited a 3-4, right? Um, don't know if Miami's built that same way. So you'll see a lot of hybrid, but another common theme is two very competent safeties. Uh, if I go back to his stint with the 49ers and I think of like having Deshaun Goldson and Dante Hittner back there, Ooh. right? Like those, those are fun. Those are fun safeties, man. Let me tell you right now, Deshaun Goldson would be thrown out of every single game. If he was still in the NFL, yeah. <laughs> the way he used to hit people and leave with his head. Uh, he was brutal. Um, so I love I love that point. Insert here, right? I, I think Poyer's the right one because you can pull him from the division, but it could be Bates. It could be Ward. It could be Poyer, right? Like Those guys be, might be a little too expensive, Bates. 
Yeah, I think what I, I mean. I, listen, I think statistically, Poyer is better than both of them in yeah, terms but he's, of consistency. Yeah, but age, but he's a little older, which makes him a little cheap. Coming off an injury, so yeah. exactly. Um, I, look, look, Miami fans, this is no secret whatsoever. What what's the two a conundrum? You just mentioned about drafting a using a higher piece or higher chip here to maybe draft another quarterback. Sounds really similar to what I said about a year ago going into the draft that like, hey, go. I ahead didn't say dra- I didn't say a first round pick. Well, I they're still under rookie contracts. Um, I think the jury's still out. I hate saying this right now because <laughs> I know his injury, like his inj- injury history, especially last year, was very scary. It's a very scary proposition, right? Like this is like the long term health. We're not talking about a knee and ankle. You know what I mean? We're talking about a lot of, you know, head related injuries and concussion related injuries. If you if the Miami Dolphins are rolling into the 2023 season fully expecting that Tua is going to survive a 17 game schedule, might as well mail it in. Might as well mail it in. Not saying he can't. I'm saying you can't go under that presumption, right? Like you to your point, no clipboard Jesus is here. I need a guy that's a gamer that is willing to come in and play. Fill in the gap. It could be a Mike White. It could be. Um, a Taylor Heineke, right? Like it could be some of these guys, but you're about to re- you're about to find out, or the general manager should already know that in reality, their backup quarterback is going to be the most important player on the football team. Period. Point blank. So what I'm saying, what I said before, I think is important. I think this is where McDaniel has to kind of put his ego to the side, and I know he wants to be this high flying offense. I get it. He has the tools. Yep. I'm not saying you can't. But you need it. You need to make some new wrinkles and transform this offense. I'm not saying to like a uh, you know Marty Schottenheimer ball controlling offense, but you need to take some pressure off of Tua, and you can't have him thrown 45 <laughs> times a game. You need a real running back back there, one that can stay on the field. I know they they put uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Those guys never stay healthy, right? I don't know why you'd be banking on their health, you know, this year. Um, that being said. That's why you need a real running back to to you know to help shoulder load load. Now you don't need a running back to be a stud because everyone's really nervous about Waddle and Hill, right? So you just need him to be good enough. So what about playoff Lenny? He's out there. Yeah, staying staying in state. That would be good. That that would be a... staying in state. Um, tends to be on the field more than he's not. Um, a little more physical. Catches the ball really well out that's of the backfield. Hey, that's um, a, if they want to go down that road, that's a fantastic. That's a fantastic option. It'll be probably be cheap too. You, but by you going back to a point, you reminded me of how I initially wanted to chime into this conversation, saying, "How dare you slander 49er legends Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson?" I saw, your, I saw your face change there, but hey, man. No, but it's true. But it's all true, right? Like I, I only spit facts. Yeah, I mean, like. They're both good players, right? And they're both they very are. different players, but uh, consistency. And you need somebody, I could not agree with you more, that could just take the pressure off whoever the quarterback is, especially if you have to play a backup quarterback. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. okay, it's one thing to drop two a back who you might have a little confidence in 40, 45 times a game, but you got to drop a backup quarterback 40, 45 times a game. That's a recipe to lose yeah. every game. Yeah. Saw the New York Jets do it. Um, it's just the way it goes. All right. Is that a segue? Is no, that a it segue? is not. Oh. No, I, sh- I should have. I should have bit my tongue. I'm say. I'm saving them. 
Oh, so, you, you, you son of a bitch. I know. Um, I am going with the Buffalo Bills, who, as of right now... No one sit, circles the wagon better than the Buffalo Bills. Like the Buffalo Bills. They're going to have to circle some wagons. They are nearly... 20 million oh, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah you gotta start this clock there son oh geez geez rookie amateur backup quarterback type mistake so they're negative 19.1 million um in the hole in terms of cap space they finished last year 13 and three new season same story just another playoff departure when the expectations are much higher for this organization I have to get this team under the cap. And the, the most obvious way to do that is if I look at the top of my, my depth charts here in my contracts, I have to approach Josh Allen. I have to approach Stefan Diggs. I have to approach Von Miller. I have to approach Tredavious White about restructures. Those four alone count for $93 million against the cap next year. If I can, if I can get cute, finagle some money, I can find myself under the cap real fast. Right, just with with those four four players, it's it's an opportunity. Another way to get under there, and this is a priority for me, believe it or not. But Naheem Hines, I love you. You return that kickoff. What a game! Uh, but I need that four point eight million more than I need you right now. Just returning kickoffs, essentially, and getting a little, you know, third down work here and there. But it's almost a similar story for me, like when I was talking about the Eagles when we were covering the NFC East. It's going to be a lot about keeping this core intact. It's a really good roster, right? From from top to bottom. Um, I'm I'm making pushes to bring back Jordan Poyer. I love him back there with Hyde, right? Like they just have chemistry when they're both on the field. And if he departs, you know what? And I can free up that space. I'm I'm going bigger. I'm going home. I'm going Jesse Bates. Like I'm I'm making my move and I'm making my play. The, the defensive backfield has kind of for the last few years been a a staple that you can count on on the Buffalo Bills defense. Yes, they had the one year where they lost Tredavious, right? But you now have Kair Elam, right? You have Teron Johnson. You know, you you have Micah Hyde back there. Like, why are we not pairing this, um, you know, finding that, that complimentary safety? And I think I'm going big or I'm going home. The other one that I think I need to prioritize on the defensive side of the balls, I, I want to find a way to bring back Tremaine Edmonds. You, you know he is only 25 years old still. Like, I thought this guy's been in the league for like 10 years, you know? And he has been in the league for a long time. He was just one of the youngest players to ever take an NFL field um, as a rookie. But I, I, I can't help but love his speed um, and, and what he's able to do in pairing him alongside Matt Milano. So, for me, Tremaine Edmonds is a, a priority. But another – again, this is what happens when you get to the top-tier teams and you find yourself in, you know, difficult cap situations – it's about prioritizing your a handful of your own individuals. That's the way I'm viewing this as, you know, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. And I'm going to have to stand pat. I'm going to have to see what the, the second and third waves of free agency bring me from a, a veteran perspective that can fill some of those existing holes. Because we're, we're, we're able to compete. We got the people there to compete. Like, we should be a playoff team again next year. Who wants to come? Similar like Von Miller, right? Like who wanted to put his flag in, hey, I did it with L.A. I'm going to go do it with Buffalo. I did it with Denver. I'm going to try to win as many Super Bowls with as many teams as I possibly can. Who else carries that mentality that's looking for their last hurrah um, that could be serviceable 
um, for us. You know, when I think about this, I'm thinking about tight ends or excuse me, positions that I might want to prioritize. I'd love to get a complimentary tight end to Dawson Knox. Specifically, I think Gusecki is somebody I target. No, no production that matches his contract and his tag status of last year. I think he could be had, well, it's not a great tight end market, reasonably. I think he's going to quickly find out the market's not what he expected to be. I'm still looking at running back depth, Singletary free agent, right? Um, just talked about cutting Naheem Hines. Uh, I loved a little bit of what I saw from, from Cook, but, you know, there's this guy who's been itching to be the number one guy for a little while in the NFL and just always been shadowed. And his name's, you know, or it's been overshadowed since his release from the Kansas City Chiefs. What's Kareem Hunt doing? What's he looking like on the market is a name that I might be um, pushing some chips for. And then I think about my interior offensive line, losing Roger Saffold. He's going to outprice himself. How do I bolster that? You know, whether that's a Nick Gates from the New York Giants, whether that's an Isaac Samuelo, you know, Samuelo from Philadelphia. Um, these are some veteran type names that I might look to, to plug in because that's Saffold. He's played well. Pro ball two years in a row. He's going to price himself out of Buffalo. We can't afford what his contract's going to be. So I need to find some, some veteran depth. So if I had to... <laughs> Right against the clock. Recap. Prioritization is what names are we we bringing back in? You know, for, what names are we we retaining? I'm prioritizing the back end of my secondary. I'm looking for tight end help, and then I'm addressing my interior offensive line. Now you might, yeah, I was gonna say you might want to stop that clock. Otherwise, you, you, I'm not sure you saw my nod of approval when you mentioned interior offensive line. I'm like, yes, score for the fatties because Buffalo does need assistance in that interior offensive line and from hearing everything you say I do agree with the fact I believe the emphasis needs to be on the offensive side of the ball this year um it can't just be Allen and Diggs show with the sprinkle of Dawson Knox they need a legit wide receiver too uh I like you know we can you can go to the draft and look into that maybe look into a DJ Shark or what have you um, but they need a legit. They need more firepower on that offense. Allen's a fantastic quarterback, probably you know probably top three in the league. But he's not Mahomes esque. Mahomes can do more with less. Allen, I think, needs needs some more help. And I'm telling you, they they need a, a real wide receiver too to take some of the pressure off of Diggs and Allen. In addition, yeah, they do need real running backs as well. I know they don't like to run the ball, but you know, here you are, you're in Buffalo, the cold weather. I know Allen can sling it, but you need to give an illusion, at least that you care and you can, to have this new fad of two high safeties, you know, moving down closer to the box. Uh, because he struggled towards the end of last year. I know he was hurt, right? Yeah. So um, you, you, need, you need different dimensions to this offense. It's a fantastic offense, exciting offense, but it can't be electric. 24-7, uh, the way they have it constructed now. And I just think making subtle changes to the offense is probably the more cost-efficient way to improve the team because they do need help on defense, in particular the pass rush. It was evident when they couldn't get to you know Joe Burrow with that makeshift offensive line from the Bengals. You lose Von Miller, who's really bringing the pressure. But to get pass rushers, that that's hard to do, and that's expensive to do, right? Yeah. And they do have young – Compl they do have young complimentary pass rushers in Rousseau and, and Basham. 
you just hope they take another step to, you know, maturity and growth. And hopefully they develop a little more this off season to provide more pass rush. So it's just easier and cheaper probably to improve the offense this off season. Yeah. I, I, I want to go back to what you mentioned about running the football. Like I know we, we joke that they don't want to run the football. They only run it with the quarterback, but I just also think that for a little while, they just have no faith in who's running the football, you know, um, you know like, who would look nice there. David Montgomery. Sure would. And he's definitely out in Chicago. Yeah, that would be a nice fit. David Montgomery out in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, take a lot of pressure off him as well, Montgomery, right? Like, just can't help but watch the Chicago Bears and see every time he was in the backfield, like, he's probably getting the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, him and Cook would be a great one-two punch. You know, it's it's funny. It was like every time Cook took a step forward, I felt like he took a step back too, right? Like, rookie, yeah. he'd be, yeah, I know, but like, I don't know. Just, I think going into this season, they, they're not as confident in him as they were probably hoping to be. Like, you know, again, he'd look great in garbage time, you know, in some games. He'd have moments in the middle of like big games and then he'd fumble, right? And then, yeah. like, what gets you in the doghouse as a running back quicker than anything in the world? Putting the ball on the turf, right? And he just did that. I don't want to say like in, in opportune times, just did it with a little too much frequency. You know, do we want to chalk it up to be in a rookie? Sure, why not? But it, it, it all adds it's a simple math equation. It all adds up into, hey, we're starting this season again with Josh Allen as our <laughs> best running back and our yeah. best running threat as well. Not an ideal place to be with your quarterback who is now. I, I know it was a UCL. I know he toughed through it through the entire year, whatever it might be. But what I always say to you, Lou, that once these guys get injured once, it becomes a recurring theme where the body just starts to break down a little bit more. And you want Josh Allen to play for the next 10 years. Especially Gotta... the way he especially the way he plays, Wes. Yeah. And it's not like just a traditional quarterback. He puts his body in harm's way because he's such a physical, you know, willing runner, right? Yeah. He's not, he, he doesn't look to slide. And I get it because he's bigger than half of the you know, secondary and linebackers out there. But you don't want to be taking hits because I know you can take them now. But what about five years from now? No. They, they add up. He doesn't slide. He doesn't step out of bounds, right? Like he just turns his shoulder. As a fan, you love. As a fan, you love. Oh, that. Dude. As an as a GM and a, and a coach. As a fan of of not the Buffalo Bills, I love it because it's entertaining, yeah. right? If I was a fan of the Buffalo Bills, I'd be like, "Can you please just fucking step out of bounds one time, like yeah. during this game, like for the love of God?" All right, Lou, who's up next? Uh, New England, New England Patriots, the Pats. Pakistan, the Harvard Yard. You're on the clock now, sir. I was thinking if I should do this um, off-season forecast as a uh, imitating Bill Belichick, but I will not be doing that. <laughs> that was my best attempt to do a Bill Belichick. We're on to Cincinnati, uh, the New England Patriots. We currently have 32 million dollars in cap space, so we do have some money to play around. And I think the majority of the tension needs to go to transform this offense. I already hired a legit offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. Make fun of what you want, but when he's an offensive coordinator, <coughs> he has proven track record, so I'm excited to bring him back into the fold. But I need more explosion in playmakers, particularly on the outside. We New England basically has a group of misfits and ragtag wide receivers that simply are inconsistent and not getting the job done. 
I have to look towards the draft for a wide receiver with some yards after catchability. And I also think I'm looking at the trade market. I do have an affinity for DeAndre Hopkins. Not sure if I will go there. But I'm also knocking on Los Angeles Chargers' door for Keenan Allen. I like both of their ability to separate and play the intermediary games where Mac Jones succeeds. That brings me to my next point. I like the fact that I brought Bill O'Brien you know, into the fold to finally run an offense. No longer I'm having a defensive guy run this offense, but now I need to build an offense around Mac Jones and Mac Jones' talents. Because frankly, I'm just telling this between you and me, I don't know if Mac Jones is the guy. This is an important year. I have to provide him the tools and the resources to, to get a, a fair evaluation of Mac Jones and see how he progresses. Is it just another little progression, or will he make a giant leap if we do throw more tools to, towards him, such as a Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins and another wide receiver? We have to completely tr transform this offense because the way I like to play football, that ground and pound and play great defense, it's getting harder and harder every year with these teams in the AFC. I can't keep up with the Buffalo Bills twice a year playing them. I can't keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, can't, you know, I have trouble keeping up with the Cincinnati Bengals because you can slow them down, which I'm great at, but, some, it's a, but you can't stop them, right? So I need to be able to score points with my offense. I can't strictly rely on my great defensive play, which is a good problem to have because I don't have to worry about both my offense and defense. My defense is fine. The only thing I really need to focus on in my defense is continue finding those gems in the secondary. You know, I'm going to let another impending free agent like Jonathan Jones walk away. You know, he had a great year last year, but guess what? I'm going to find someone in the fourth round of this year's draft that you probably never heard of. I'm just going to pencil him in as Q, you know, CB2, and he's going to be just fine. But I do have multiple positions in the back end that I do need to see if I want to resign or let walk away and just replenish, right? So I'm talking about McCourty, Jabril Preppers. I got to see what's out there in, in terms of what I want to do with this, new, with this scheme. Most likely I want to bring back Peppers, let McCourty, he's getting long in the tooth, let him walk away. I would like Jordan Poyer, but he wants to go somewhere perhaps with better weather, and we're probably the only state or the only place that has worse weather than Buffalo. So I don't think that's happening. So, But I'm, look, I'm looking to some, uh, you know, to some safety options out there, maybe uh, the, the Eagles safety, Gar Garner Johnson, right? So that could be an option as well. I do have the cap space for that. I do love how he's versatile because if you look at everyone on my defense, everyone's versatile. Everyone can play multiple two positions. So, so I'm not really tinkering too much with my defense, but my offense, ooh, that thing needs a facelift like a woman from Beverly Hills that just hit 50. <laughs> and I'm on to Cincinnati. <laughs> on to Cincinnati. I, dude, I, I so agree with the the notion around their defense. Like Bill Belichick has made a career out of this of just like he just finds plug and play guys, right? That know their role, know their responsibility, are formidable, 
um, and keep this team competitive and can grind away in a game. So I have a ton of confidence in that. Where I don't have any confidence, like whatsoever, in this football team is on the offensive side of the ball. I agree with you. I don't think I, – let me just say – Mac experienced what I expected in his rookie year in his sophomore year, which we've there's there's a reason it's a term called the sophomore slump, right? We, it's not uncharted territory, um, but there's still a lot to be desired from your quarterback position, especially after you just came off of 20 years of, of the GOAT, right? And, and what you saw and you see how important this position is. I think the problem for the New England Patriots is – Unless it's Randy Moss, this is where wide receivers go to die. This is literally the offense that they go. And I know Bill O'Brien's a different beast than Randy Cooks was okay. But you're right, though. You're you're talking about like Chad Ochocinco, Reggie Wayne, all those guys. Yeah. Antonio Brown in and out, right? Like, even though he was brought under the grace of God, like, you know, and by God, I mean Tom Brady himself who brought him in. It, It just, it just, just is never a preferred landing spot because bill belichick is the epitome of like i want to ground and pound you i want to make the game really muddy for your offense on the defensive side of the ball and i want to run the ball down your throat which matt jones fits accordingly right when you get in the play action pass when you're looking for accuracy things of that nature i just don't know if i'm a wide receiver do do i want to go there they're never gonna that's never gonna be where i'm gonna make the most money Right. So like, what's the appeal that's luring me in outside of just drafting a a sneaky talent? You know, dude, they're about to walk into the season with their their number one wide receiver on their depth chart is going to be Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Seen this man firsthand. Right. Like he left San Francisco being the expectation to be like a two, maybe a three in New England. Um, It's. It's gonna to be tough sledding for the New England Patriots. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a believer in Jones being able to stretch the field with his arm and his accuracy there. I think he do, he'll do more most of his damage on play action and intermediate passing. Right? Yeah, of course. That's why players like Keenan Allen would make so much sense with new, you know, with New England. You need someone that can get open. That's a great route runner that can get open. Not gonna be a burner, but I don't know if Jones can consistently get the ball downfield anyway. Or you go for someone in the draft. Um, like a JSN out of Ohio State, uh, that would probably be real fantastic for them because he he does a fantastic job uh, lining up in the slot, and getting open twenty four seven. So the they need someone like that plus another wide a big body wide receiver yeah. for the red zone. I love the the call uh, on Keenan, right? I think and I think Bill Belichick probably really respects and loves Keenan Allen's game because he's a we don't use this term often. I really only use it when I talk about Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins, but your prototypical number one possession wide receiver that just moves chains. It's what they do. They just move chains. The entire field knows the ball is going to try to make its way to them on third and long, but yet they still do it time and time again with their savviness. I think Keenan Allen would be um, as as close to as a perfect fit as you can get playing the wide receiver position in New England under this offense. Yeah. All right. So that leaves us with the final team in the AFC East. We're going to go ahead and venture over to Florham Park. So we started the East divisions with the NFC with the New York Giants local team. 
We're going to bookend it here with the New York Jets as we wrap up the AFC East. Before I get too carried away, I'm going to go ahead and start the clock on myself. So we are negative 1.7 million in cap space. Finished last year, seven and 10. Six straight losses to end the season, which were marred in QB controversy and nightmare, et cetera. Like once upon a time, we even did a show about how is it really possible that both the Jets and the Giants might actually make the playoffs this year? Because it looked like a reality. Um, boy, did that come crashing down for the New York Jets. Priority one for me is I got to get this QB situation right. So come on down, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Name your price. We do not care. We will welcome you. You only want to play one more year? I don't give a fuck. I want it to be here, and I want it to be for a single year. Um, but in reality, it's most likely like I'm going to welcome and roll out a red carpet for Mr. James Richard Garoppolo, better known as Jimmy GQ, is probably going to be my quarterback next year. But here's why I'm okay and comfortable with this. We need veteran leadership to just kind of straighten out this whole Zach Wilson scenario. It's too financially impossible to move on from him unless somebody's coming to trade for him with assets to the table. And who's going to do that right now based on what they saw at the back half of last season? There's a maturation process. There's a learning curve that needs to go into this. And Lou, I ask you, who has more experience in a QB controversy-driven world while still winning football games and winning over locker rooms than Jimmy GQ. Nobody. I forgot this is my time to shine because you don't want to chime in. You can come back to that point in just a moment. So that that's priority number one. That's going to be the priority for all these teams unless your quarterback's name is Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, right? Like it's figuring out this position. The next thing I'm doing is I'm releasing Corey Davis. $10.5 million in savings. I'm restructuring DJ Reed and CJ Mosley. Um you know, DJ recounts for $14 million against my cap. Mosley is the, the highest cap amount at $21 million. DJ Reed's a fine player, uh, but I can't have him the fourth highest individual on my cap this year playing defensive, uh, playing corner uh, specifically. Want to keep him, good player. We just got to make this right. Salo's familiar, you know, our head coach is familiar with him. I think we need some D-tackle depth. Um, there's just not enough names there and, and, Again, my head coach loves to rotate his defensive linemen, and I want to be aggressive. I can free up the right money. Javon Hargrave, I come on down. I got I'm I'm lining up as a suitor for you. You're stout against the run, creates interior pressure to complement some of those defensive ends that we've seen in Silas defense, and he loves that. Think about Arik Armstead in San Francisco, right? The guy he can flip on the end in certain scenarios, like in running downs, right? Passing downs, I'm gonna put him right over you know, the center or inside of the guard shoulder and create pressure up the middle. I think Hargrave showed that he was tremendous last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was a heck of a player. I also need to fix this issue at safety. Um, So for me, welcome back. I'm going to reunite Jimmy Ward with Robert Sala, who was a staple of a Sala defense for quite some time. You know, Jimmy Ward was that unsung hero that played so many defensive positions, whether it was the outside corner slot corner, free safety, strong safety, down in the box. He did it all. I think he's the perfect fit to come in and, and complement that that defensive backfield. Um, I mentioned that we are moving on from Corey Davis. That being said, 
you know, like still love what Garrett Wilson did. Still hope Elijah Moore can continue to rise. I love the playmakers we have in, in Brees Hall. You know, that injury was unfortunate. Hopefully he comes back fresh. But we need to still find somebody else out there. Not necessarily somebody high profile. That's the ideal wish list. I'm looking for somebody with production um, over the course of their career. Two names that come to mind for me, Robert Woods. Um, I just think it was a bum rap in, in Tennessee last year. DJ Shark, another one. Um, wasn't entirely healthy throughout the year last year in Detroit, but God, he he had some big time moments. But they got some big time players out there too. I think these are guys that are could be really nice complementary pieces, depending upon who I can get in the quarterback. DJ Chark can take the top off of a defense. We've seen that. If not, Robert Woods is one of those possession guys, moves the chains, gimmicky, right? So if um, you know, if it's not Aaron Rodgers is Jimmy G, I need somebody who plays close to the line of scrimmage that I can I can get the ball to with a little bit of confidence. Um, but again, they're both coming off low production years. I think I can buy I can buy low um, for these players, the Jets. And, and I just think they need O-line help, you know. Um, I, I, I think health-wise, tackles might be okay. <laughs> they got to figure out the Elijah Vera Tucker situation. Am I sliding him in out to right tackle? Is Becton coming back to left? You know, is Dwayne Brown like there's just all these things to like figure out, right? Um, they got to figure it out, or we got to figure it out. But I think I need to prioritize the interior of my offensive line as well. Um, so I might be looking to re-sign McGovern. Other than that, I don't have a center on my roster right now. <laughs> so I think before I head to the draft, I want to have some some veteran um, talent, somebody with some familiarity with the offense. Um, so that that's where I am. But if I'm recapping again, it's Quarterback first, D-line second, playmaker third, and then I want to figure out my safety issue. Yeah, I mean, the Jets, I'm not saying they're in a bad position at all. But they're not in a great position. They have a talent. No, they're not. The This is going to be a make-or-break year for Joe, Joe Douglas because there's a lot of fluidity to their situation. And all stems, depending on what – what who they get under their uh, under center for a quarterback is going to be able to determine what else they can do. If they're bringing over Aaron Rodgers, is was his cap hit like sixty million or something like that? Wild, yeah, yeah. So if they're bringing over Aaron Rodgers, that's going to be really limiting what you can do from another aspect, right? Um, and don't forget the resources you're going to have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers as well. Probably, I don't know about a first. I guess a first. Uh, his dead money, if he leaves, is $99 million yeah. <laughs> so, for the Packers. You know, Jimmy G gives them a little more flexibility because it would be more, a, little more, a little cheaper, right? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking, you know, my, you know, my claim in this. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet. I've said this since day one. Uh, it's his destiny to be a New York Jet. He's going to – follow you know Brett Favre into East Rutherford hopefully to do the same thing what Brett Favre did and tear down this team uh but um that being said I love the players you mentioned as a what you know to replace uh, uh what's his name that wide receiver that you were cutting uh, Davis. Yeah. yeah what's his name that's why yeah. he's getting no 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 I just dollars. listen it's getting late at night you know uh yes my short-term memory is not as great as it used to be um, but that being said, I do love Chark because if if Aaron Rodgers does come to New York Jets, Chark, I think him and they it just would be 
you want to build your wide receiver room like a basketball team. And like some coaches say that you want them to each do certain things. Chark would be your, your deep threat, fast guy, right? Elijah Moore will be your shifty guy and, you know, plays over the middle and, and, and you know, you know, your, <clears throat> your, your drag route type of guy, or you're, you're, you're like I said, intermediate guy and Garrett Wilson can do it all. Right. And it'll be almost like the offense that they had, the Green Bay Packers had with Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson type of stuff. So, um, and they had that, the running attack too. The issue lies in here, right? What the hell are the New York Jets doing on the edges of the offensive line? Beckton is a huge question mark. Once again, if you sign Rodgers, how are you going to address the offensive line uh, at the tackle position? Um, I just don't know. They're gonna, they're gonna, they have you have to keep uh, uh, Vera Tucker at guard. They have Thomas. I do like the interior of their offensive line. It's it's the the edges of the offensive line that's going to be a huge problem. Now, if Jimmy with Jimmy G, that'll be a huge problem. Aaron Rodgers can circumvent that with his quick decision making and his familiarity with Nathaniel Hackett's offensive playbook, right? So you can kind of minimize and scheme certain things. You don't need to get too all pro offensive tackles. You can do some chipping, you know, and things of that nature. But uh, if they do strike out on Aaron Rodgers and get Jimmy G, that's going to be a huge problem. And that offense is not going to look – it's not going to be that much more much more different than it was under Zach Wilson. Jimmy G is under there and getting constant pressure. But it's imperative for them to get a, a, a veteran signal caller. And the mere fact, get Zach Wilson out of the spotlight for a year, maybe two. Let him continue to develop his game, and hopefully you can bring him back, you know, when cooler things. And then you can bring up the narrative that, hey, he's in this system for a couple of years now. Uh, he's learned a lot under these veteran leaders. And I do agree with you. This was on NFL Network, not Network, NFL uh, Series XM Radio. Do you want Rodgers' ability but his but his – lack of locker room presence to affect such a young team, right? He's, be- he's he's fantastic, but there's a strong possibility he can have adverse effect in that locker room because they are so young. Or do you want Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been through a situation like this before, has been admirably uh, respectful of the situation with a young signal call, realizing it's a short-term situation for himself and didn't and was a great teammate, but not as good as Rodgers. So you have to weigh the pros and the cons there. I know I'm babbling. I still think it's Rodgers. It needs to be Rodgers uh, because I think Salah and Douglas have to, you know, show that they are progressing as a team. Yeah. I think it comes down to mentality too. I So twofold. I totally agree with you. Like, hey, this could be a make it break a year for both Douglas and Salah. 100%. Maybe even more Douglas than Salah. But these things happen. Um, usually they go in tandem. But it's also the mentality around what's your what's your ultimate outcome? Are you looking to truly get away? Have you seen enough of Zach Wilson that you now want to get away from this individual and you want to sweep that problem under the rug, right? So the the fans quickly forget about that debacle of spending the number two pick and wasting a productive season, you know, early um, or at least what was an early productive season for them this year. If you do that, then you want to go get Aaron Rodgers, right? Because that that erases the mistake. But if your long term goal is I actually believe in this guy. I just think he needs to get his mentals right. I think he needs to learn a little bit more. Then I think Aaron Rodgers is a huge mistake because I do think you push that for you kick that can further down the road and it's going to rear its ugly because Rodgers ain't going to help him get better. 
Aaron Rodgers ain't going to care. He's going to be off on his retreats. He's going to show up on Sunday. He's going to have his own office in Florham Park, and he's just going to play, right? Like, that's what he's going to do. He's proven everything he needs to prove. But, it, again, it's all about long-term. Um, you know, what your feeling is around Zach Wilson. And if you still think he has the potential to be, you know, the face of this franchise and your signal caller for the next 10 years, I think Jimmy G is the prudent move um, because – I mean, dude, you, you heard it from Trey Lance. You heard it from Brock Purdy. All these guys sang his praises about tutelage and and being a leader and and just studying him as a, a professional, as that like, you know, he reminds me of Joe Flacco, just like a silent leader, right? Like just goes out, plays, does his job, commands respect, but he's not like screaming in people's faces on the sideline. He's a different approach. And like Zach Wilson doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that anybody's listening to if he's screaming in their face. They just want to see results, right? So who can help you get to the table faster? I would love Jimmy G on the team to see Jimmy G and Zach Wilson going out in the night in New York and just banging other people's mothers. Just straight <laughs> slaying. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, God, that'd be the t- that'd be on page that'd be on the back page of the New York Post every single weekend after yeah. a game. Jets lose, but the two quarterbacks are winning. <laughs> what, yeah, they, there'll be a wedding crash as a sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Lou, that wraps us up. AFC East, we'll be back with the our next two episodes. We'll be focused on the North Divisions, NFC North, AFC North. Help me wrap up, man. Where can you find us? As always, you can find us on WTF Pod NFL on Instagram and Twitter. And Weston, what do, what do our listeners need to do for us? Spread they the need, word, spread the gospel, and do what? You need to go to your browser. You need to type in YouTube.com. When it comes up to the search, you need to type in W-E apostrophe R-E talking football podcast. In your top right-hand corner, there's going to be this thing called subscribe and sign up for alerts. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Just do it. Do it. And leave comments, suggestions. You can hate on us. You can praise us. You can ask for more. We're here for all of it. We want to engage and interact with you. Lou, always a pleasure. Till next time, my friend.